0: So let me ask you, what's your favorite moment of the show this year?
1: Every moment I was on it.
0: Nobody ever tell you you're a fucking mark for yourself?
1: Bullshit! Everyone is a mark for me. It's the only reason they listen to the fucking show.
2: Oh, mom! It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. It's the end of 2017 and I'm Credo
0: I'm Minority Mike and I am the Socialist Assassin. at your disposal,
2: bitches Guys, it's, it's been quite a year quite a year in wrestling quite a year of another wrestling podcast guys, we've we've done a lot our own streak ended this year a lot of things in the world of wrestling happened you know, I, I what way to end the year Then you know, get into all the best things that Maybe not the best things, maybe some of the the worst things, but just maybe we can go through some of the a list of things, if you will, and see what what our thoughts were on what the world, what happened in the world of wrestling in 2017. But guys, how was your 2017? Is it is it coming to closure in the in the world of wrestling for you? I'm just thanking
0: God that the Christmas season is over because I've been working nonstop. Thank the fuck Christ, it is over. (laughs) People stop sh- stop shopping on Amazon, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>
3: 2017 is over, and I'm thankful for it because 2017 kicked my ass. It was great being a wrestling fan in 2017. There was a lot of ups and uh, plenty of downs, um, but not as many as ups because wrestling was great. So uh, I'm I'm pretty interested to see what 2018 will bring us.
2: Definitely. You know, no, speaking of like 2017, we ended the streak, you know, for three years. We had a guest on every single week uh, with a show going on every single week. And you know what, kids? It's, uh, it's a pain in the ass. You know, it, it, we yeah, proved ourselves. Sure. We've had the names of names on the show. But after a while, it's just like, you know, what, what more could we do? So we took a break. The streak ended for the show, took the summer off, came back. And then we actually just took the past few weeks off, too, and we're coming back with the year-ender, so, uh, it's a, you know, there's a lot of shit going on, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of, uh, things in motion, so it's good to take a take a few weeks off, get a breather, come back, refreshed, uh, but, you know, it, it, things happen, but still, AWP, going into its fourth year, 2018, uh, a lot of things are gonna happen, we're actually, uh, probably gonna be up for another few awards, maybe, uh... On the Pro Wrestling Awards, uh, the Wrestling Radio Awards, so that'll be happening in January. But, you know, guys, uh, you know, what else to say then? You know, 2017's on its way out, so let's just second talk. second streak has ended
0: as well, Credo. What's the second streak? The second streak is this is the first time that I have done this show intoxicated.
2: Intoxicated. <laughs> well, hey. <laughs> that's uh that's what we do that's what we do sometimes
3: sometimes you gotta do life intoxicated that's right (laughs) the way you can get through
2: (laughs) well you know before we get into 2018 guys let's just let's run down let's run down some of the things that happened this year let's get into this discussion because i know everybody else out there wants to hear so let's let's start it up shall we
1: everybody, this is Felicia Rose here with my friends at Another Wrestling Podcast. Shout out to Creepy Credo, Mike Colon, Angry Cooter, his name speaks for itself so I don't even have to make a joke out of that. You guys are my first podcast and shout out for another good year. Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Felicia Rose and check out my podcast on YouTube um, at Felicia Rose Raw. I'm working on a new project coming up and it's going to be a lot better and a lot less low budget so definitely follow me on stuff to keep yourselves updated first off we have return of the year which i believe is mike and maria but i don't think anybody gives a shit what i have to say about them
2: all right the return of the year guys a lot of people have uh, taken time off whether they were injured whether they weren't on wwe tv uh You know, people came back. People came back to the land of money and opportunity. Uh Guys, who, in your opinion, had the return of the year? For me, I think at the top would go to the Hardys. Granted, everybody wanted to see them coming in broken even though we had to wait for a little bit of a lawsuit to end, uh, we're kind of getting that now towards the end of the year. But, you know, that was definitely unexpected at WrestleMania early this year. But a lot of other people returned. Guys, who is on your mind? Uh, it, right up there for me, I would have to say the Hardy Boys.
0: Oh, geez. Let me just take right over, Credo. My God. A name that nobody really remembers when when you talk about return of the year. I'm throwing this name in the hat. I got to go Mickey James because she had that awesome match with Asuka oh, at a takeover that. event, made her way back to the main roster, had some title shots, and has had probably arguably some of the best matches from the women's division
3: this year, in my opinion, of course. Um, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. Ooh. He, he went on the indie scene um, and just reinvented himself and got himself back in the door of the WWE. And pretty much, I I was never really much of a fan until I watched him evolve and then watched him grow as a character and as a performer, came back to NXT, won an NXT title. The guy guy was incredible. I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre, I'm also going to go with Randy Orton's hair.
2: (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Randy Orton hair. Yeah, Yeah,
3: I mean, (laughs) he's been bald for how long, and all of a sudden he has hair. Um, Word of advice, if you're going to do high and tight, you really can't do a high and tight haircut with long hair. It just doesn't look right. It's (laughs) a bad edge up.
2: You know, th- those are definitely some you know good returns, guys. I forgot about Mickey James. Mickey James, man, I remember it was it last year. Or so uh, she had a baby, and then like two weeks later, she was wrestling for Northeast Wrestling. Uh, and I was like, two weeks she was back in the in the ring. Uh, she she's one of those girls, I mean, that just hasn't lost it. So she definitely can keep up uh, with the the crowd today. And they, I think they definitely need her. And uh, man, Drew McIntyre, talk about you know three MB had quite a year from Ginger being champ. Uh, to Drew returning, you know, uh, wow, some of the returns. We also, who else did we forget? Who else returned, though, this year?
0: Oh, God, we had Shelton
2: Benjamin.
0: Who the fuck else was there? Help me out here, Mike. That was a big one for me, though, Shelton. I, I love Shelton Benjamin, for Christ's sake.
3: I mean, if you want to count Paige, I mean, she came back and it wasn't for, and Vivid or you, <laughs> It was actually in the square and circle. Yeah, Paige didn't uh, get
0: a Return of the Year. She got Come Shot of the Year. Oh, yeah. man.
3: Much <laughs> as we don't have that category, we just throw it in there. And Come Shot of the Year goes to Paige.
2: What? I was surprised by Paige's return this year because she was out quite a while. The whole thing with Alberto Del Rio. Who knows what they were doing? And honestly, you know what? I, I think the only thing that saved her career was The Rock doing a movie. On her family. And I think WWE needed to throw her back in the spotlight to make her a name again so that maybe, you know, it's like kind of like helping out The Rock so that his movie will do good. I'm, I don't even know when that comes out, actually. It's got to come out in 2018. But I'm feeling that her push or her return, I think the only reason she returned with that kind of a push was because of that movie. You know, who really knows? But uh, she got, yeah, quite I got a, a dumb question for,
0: for you, though. Yeah. Dumb question for you. Do you think. That they waited as long as they did because of the severity of her injury, hmm. or do you think until they waited a few months for the whole, you know, sex tape, cum shots
2: uh, thing to <laughs> blow over? I mean, because, I mean... Even more were released, too, recently, so it's like... Yeah, those were all it right. Damn if I you it. do, damn it if you don't. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, yeah. I think it, they're overlooking that. She's getting some special treatment, I think, a lot because of this movie, and... Cause I'll tell you what, if she if she did not return, you know I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know when the rocks movie is coming out. I'll we'll have to look that up. But I mean, it's still. I mean, it's like if she isn't in the spotlight, it's like, what good is this to the audience or the wrestling audience? If like you know the young kids have no idea who she is anymore, or why are we going to go see it or or whatnot? You know, but I don't she know. gave me she gave me so much joy this year because if
0: anything, the memes that came out after. All that material was released. I mean, there were just some great ones. I was dying for days. People were just sending me fucking meme after meme. My favorite had to be the one where it was, oh, God, all the girls who had uh, won that title after Paige and were kissing it.
2: (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys, what about Shelton Benjamin? I mean, that was, he was supposed to return a while ago, and then he had the injury, and then he was pushed for, like, almost, like, six months or so, then he finally returned, and now, you know, he's part of American Alpha 2.0, whatever you want to call it. That was kind of a weird move to break up American Alpha and just to join him with Shelton Benjamin, even though I think Shelton and, you know, uh, that team is probably a lot better than having uh, uh, fucking Jason Jordan on it, but... I don't know. Is that how is, Jason, how, is, how is Shelton Benjamin doing? Is that kind of like uh, just filling the, the spots or what?
0: I think it's great for somebody like Chad Gable because he's younger. Uh, I, I think Shelton compliments him very well, but I also think that he's not going to overshadow like a newer star who can definitely benefit from a rub from Shelton Benjamin.
3: I don't know how long this is going to last, American Alpha 2.0. I mean, you can put the tag titles on them. um, You can take the tag titles off of them. You can play a breakup. Um, I just don't know how long it's going to last with those two. I mean, I love Chad Gable. I think the guy – I mean, that match on July 4th he had with AJ Styles pretty much put it out there that this guy can go as a singles competitor. I mean, he had a great match with AJ Styles on July 4th. So, I mean – and I'm not saying Shelton's holding him back. It's kind of like Cooter said; he's complimenting them for the time being. It's kind of keeping the seat warm until the new year comes. And I'm I'm hoping that they kind of break away and go their separate ways. And no more tag teams for for uh, Chad Gable. Let's see this guy go after the U.S. Strap and be like the next Shawn Michaels because I think he has that charisma to do so, and the in-ring ability is incredible. I mean, his rolling suplexes just—oh god, yeah—amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know they'll fuck it up. They'll probably, like, tag him up with Mojo Rawley or some oh, shit. God.
3: <laughs> uh, you know what? And you're not even wrong about that. I They're... know. I'm fucking awesome. I'm telling you, the, the, the way booking is in 2017, and aren't some of the booking. But <laughs> a lot of the booking in WWE, I feel like they have the Make-A-Wish kids doing the booking.
2: Oof. Well, I, you know, one thing I, we <laughs> overlooked, too, was uh, the return of Kurt Angle. I mean, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Then he became uh, the Raw General Manager. And he even had a match on a, a pay per view where meningitis uh, kind of made its own return, or I don't know debut, I guess, but you know is that i mean did they did they misuse a return of Kurt Angle, even though he was being used a uh, part of the shield, and I don't know is is it good to see Kurt Angle back though working uh finally with w w e
0: It's great to see him back working with him. I don't know how much I want to really see him in the ring because I think that showing that he had with the shield was okay. You know, I think him in the Survivor Series match was the drizzling shits. I mean, Kurt Angle uh, was wearing a t-shirt that was two sizes too big for him to cover up that pudgy ass gut of his. Motherfucker, get on the treadmill already! If you're gonna if you're gonna be in the match, get in ring shape. Drop some pounds, bro. Uh,
2: that was some returns though. Some returns of 2017. I'm sure there was other little ones here and there, but that's that's the gist of it.
1: Next up we have pay-per-view of the year, which was obviously NXT TakeOver War Games, but I don't think, I mean, I don't think anybody could disagree because of that like cuddle puddle at the end with the dudes, that was super hot. So that's my vote. I don't even think that's making it into the final, but whatever, that's my vote.
2: Now you know everybody's always going to talk about WrestleMania or SummerSlam. NXT had a shitload of awesome pay-per-views this year. Hell, even if you aren't a WWE fan, uh, New Japan had some great pay-per-views this year uh, from Wrestle Kingdom uh, and so on and so forth. But guys, what stood out to you when you say pay-per-view of the year? What's what's the one thing that you just go back to? Twenty seventeen was like, well, wow, damn, that was that was a good pay-per-view. From our standpoint, I got to say this: we spent
0: weeks making fun of the name of this (laughs) pay-per-view that we thought they named after a fucking venereal disease. And lo and behold, it was probably the best pay-per-view of the year. Credo, what was the name of said (laughs) pay-per-view?
2: Was this Great Balls of Fire?
0: That is correct. It was Great (laughs) Balls of Fire. Motherfucker. And Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar. Amazing match. I mean, Joe, unfortunately, did the job, but they made it believable where you thought, damn, Joe might actually pull this off, where in so many matches that Brock Lesnar has, you don't
2: think these motherfuckers have a chance. And he gives them nothing. WrestleMania is always going to be WrestleMania. Uh, But I thought I really enjoyed SummerSlam. And then. Even the kind of last-minute change that we had to the Survivor Series main event with uh, AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar, uh, what did you think about that? Because, you know, Jinder Mahal was the champion for like six months or so, and he literally he lost the championship a few weeks before then. They changed the main event for Su- or Survivor Series, Brock versus AJ. It was definitely more of a main event card, if you will, to to add in that kind of a pay per view. But I would say, you know, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania—they as long as they are—they definitely stepped up a little bit more this year. Granted, it's still fucking too long, man. That's a lot of fucking hours to watch a show, including pre-show to the very end. But I guess uh, you know everybody's got to get on TV or everybody's got to have a match. But uh, did you, damn, think, did... you really called SummerSlam your favorite of the year? Well, Natalia won the women's championship. I really wanted her to win the, deserve that. I'm not saying you it forget it would...
0: all the stinkers that were on that card, though, Credo? It,
2: it's so long that sometimes the, the, some of the best things overshine the stinkers. I'm not saying it was the best of the year. I'm just saying okay, they definitely right. stepped up. They definitely stepped up, and I, I like I enjoyed SummerSlam to where. All yes, right, there right. were some, you know, there were some stinkers, but I had it big didn't ass bother ass me that much. Enzo
0: and Nakamura and Jinder Mahal, which was a fucking shit show and a half.
2: <laughs> I, God, I was like, bro, I mean, these are some
3: badass matches. I mean, there were some good ones. Well, that d- big Cass and. Big Show match was... Holy shit, that was just a
2: waste of time.
0: No, that was <laughs> Big Show. Oh, Big Show versus Big Cass. Why did I think... And it was
3: with Enzo, Enzo was in the shark cage. In the shark cage, ah. that's right.
2: <laughs> yeah. Gotta sell those shark cages for uh, the figures. Uh, well, you know, what do, who, who do you thought, though? Who do you thought had the best showing this year? NXT or WWE? I mean, if we're just going to categorize those two at least. Uh, you know, it's... the What? The, the farm system versus the, the main roster. I mean... Oh.
0: It's kind of unfair to, like, really compare them because, I mean, NXT does what, four, maybe five pay-per-views a year? Yeah. You know, and we're getting two from the brands every month almost. I don't know how many fucking pay-per-views we're up to. But you figure you got the big four, and I think every other month there's, like, two, one for each brand. So it's holy shit. It's a lot of fucking pay-per-views, man.
2: A lot
3: of time. Well, that's, that's, what, that's <laughs> the advantage. That's the advantage for WWE. They should be putting on better shows because they have more shows to put out there. I mean, if, you, if you're going to pick and choose between NXT and WWE, if you're going to give me a choice, it's going to be NXT because Absolutely. it's it's the stories that they're giving me, like – you you go to the main roster and they're telling me fairy tales, and you have Nakamura, you know, spitting nursery rhymes. But if you go down to NXT and their booking is completely different, it's more it's more believable wrestling compared to sports entertainment up up on the main roster. So when you look at 2017 and you look at the events, NXT takeovers are are pretty much. I'm more excited about NXT takeovers than I am. Waiting on a Sunday night for a a WB pay-per-view, a brand pay-per-view to happen. It's it's just what it's come down to.
0: And they've never actually put on a bad show, Mike. I think you'd agree with me on that. I've never been disappointed in a card. I mean, uh, every once in a while they throw a match out there that's a stinker. Like, oh, my God, what's his face? Lars Sullivan versus mm-hmm. Cassius,
2: Cassius no That was bad. But Ooh, the like, return of Cassius Ohno, I forgot about that one. No.
3: Oh, my
0: God. I <laughs> didn't forget about him.
3: Cassius Zono and his gut. <laughs> but when you go back to that, I mean, like, NXT has put out matches or, or put out cards that on paper, it doesn't look like it's going to be that good. Hmm. And then when you sit down and watch the event, you're just so captivated by it because – like i said like i'm a firm believer in storytelling will win me over any day in matches and they just tell amazing stories on the nxt brand so if, like i said before i'll say it again if you had to choose the brand of the year when it came between you know sports entertainment versus pure wrestling i'm going with nxt i
0: thought you were going to say 205 live i was <laughs> going to throw a hot cup of coffee in your face bro i really thought you were going to say that i was going to throw hot cup of coffee in your face.
3: They have storytelling on 205 Live. It's just a different type of storytelling that I could care less about. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Let's talk about uh, what's-her-face, who she's banging uh, this week. For Noam Dar. Alicia Fox. That was so over.
3: How the fuck did they fuck that up? Yeah. I don't know. I, I could picture Vince McMahon in the back every time Noam Dar said Alicia Fox. He just busted out laughing. <laughs> and I think, I mean, Vince McMahon will look at a guy like Noam Dar, who's like five six, and he just hates him just because he's small. But then he gets over this Alicia Fox name, and I think that's what kept his job.
2: Here, once again, if you guys are listening out there, uh, another com. Tweet us at a wrestling pod, Facebook, another wrestling podcast. Let us know what your favorites were from twenty seventeen.
1: Next up, we have Catchphrase of the Year, which is obviously Facebook Be which is an ongoing catchphrase of the year, and that's going to win every year. So I don't even know why that's even like a contest in this thing.
2: Catchphrase of the Year, right there. There's one, Alicia Fox. Uh, what else was. What, what are some catchphrases this year? How about Rusev Day? Uh, Rusev Day was kind of getting big. I'm trying to think what else. Who, what, what was created this year? Uh, man, it's hard to think. It puts you on the spot, but. How I mean, did you. The fact that you don't know what was created this year... You know what? There's so much stuff that happens in a year. You just made the list, all oh, right? Oh, the list.
3: Oh, no.
0: List. Was
2: that 2016?
3: 2016,
2: my That was friend.
0: 2016. Man. I apologize.
2: All these days yep. blend together. Because I, I... Fuck,
0: you
3: made the list anyway, yep. asshole.
2: <laughs> yep. 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 That catchphrase
3: right there went over pretty big. There's a lot, yeah. a couple weeks. Oh, man. I mean I mean, th- I think... I might be wrong. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and anybody listening can tweet at me and, and correct me if I'm wrong. But when Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn created that Yup t-shirt and they put it out on the shop, it was probably one of the highest-selling shirts for the <laughs> week.
2: Yep. Yep. I said yep. <laughs> There's a lot. I
3: mean, does uh, so
0: does Gabagulak count?
2: Gabagulak.
3: <laughs> oh, PowerPoint. PowerPoint, PowerPoint presentation. It's, I kind of forget about that. Like the... I saw a t shirt. It wasn't made by WWE, which they're dropping the ball on. And Pro Wrestling Tees put out a shirt that just said PowerPoint. <laughs> and I'll tell you Please. something I would buy that
2: shirt. I would, because I love Drew Gulak. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of catchphrases. Maybe we'll come out throughout the whole show and we'll find another catchphrase that made it this year.
1: Feud Story of the Year, which I believe is Braun and anybody that had a feud this year, because all that shit was great.
2: Yes, there are great feuds. Yes, there are great stories. Let's kind of throw them into one category. A lot of things happened, but you know, going throughout the year, and one of the things that stood out for me the the most this year was, honestly, is Enzo Amore and the cruiserweights. Uh, when when Big Cass got injured, Enzo was shifted to the cruiserweights, and it was like, oh crap, there goes two hundred five. Like, what are they doing to two hundred five live and I'll tell you what, man. He was one of the reasons why I started watching 205 Live because I was kind of curious what they were going to do with him. And, you know, they had quite the year from having uh, fucking, what's his name, Uh, Mighty Mouse over there. Neville. (laughs) Neville being the king of the cruiserweights to having awesome matches with Austin Aries. That just falling apart to the cruiserweight division being held up by Enzo Amore. And... I, I wish I could say I was joking, but I mean, he's he's kind of been a little bit of an anchor for that show. Maybe it's not the greatest deci- decision in the world, but I'll tell you what, man, he's had his spotlight this whole year in that cruiserweight division, you know, just winning the... He's a two-time cruiserweight champion. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, they've had so many big stories on Raw just because of Enzo Amore being in the cruiserweight division. It's sad. It's sad that they have no other cruiserweights that they can build around on there. But, you know, poor Neville. Who knows where he is right now? But, guys, a feud or a story of the year, I would definitely have to kind of throw to Enzo Amore and the cruiserweights. Please. What did you guys think was a feud or a storyline of the year? Holy shit. The How fact you that you do not pick doing? Kevin Owens
0: <laughs> and Chris Jericho starting their feud after the festival of friendship which was by far probably the funniest shit i think i've seen this entire fucking year that that was just great television and it actually had a a, a few decent matches with the feud but i think the build up to it starting with the festival and friendship
3: was just fucking fantastic i couldn't get enough nice <laughs> so if you want to talk about pure wrestling feuds Uh, i'm gonna go with kenny omega and okada of course you are yeah of course i am because they put on three amazing matches like three matches i mean that were just like an hour plus all of them or majority of them are and it just kept you staring at the tv like not one second did i pick up my phone that was a great feud and a great Story they had going, and then if you want to talk about something else in the WWE world, you got Roman versus Strowman. I mean, as much as people shit on Roman, that that feud between him and Strowman was actually pretty good. I mean, those guys went at each other hard. When when R- Strowman threw the chair at Roman, I forgot which event that was. I mean, he made that that desk chair look so light, like <laughs> something, and he just launched that Roman, and it looked. And then, granted. The chair is padded, yes, but it's just that spot looked just so cool.
0: I, I don't understand why – I'm, I'm about to get some serious hate right now because I don't know why people are on Okada's dick. I don't understand it. I don't see it. I don't get it. Like, yeah,
3: yeah, I all don't right. mean to cut you off. I don't mean to cut you off, but, and I'm, I'm going to – people might shit on me for saying this too, and I know where you're going to go, but the only reason why I threw out Okada and Omega – was, was because, because the feud
0: makeup. was great and the matches were okay. We'll like makeup. that first match, I hated, it, and you know why I hated it? Was yeah. because when, when you're kicking out of sixty fucking finishers, I'm like, enough is enough. It was, it was uh, a hard fought fucking match, brilliant, but it was just too much with the finishers for me. Uh, the second one to a draw was great, and when when Kenny finally got that win, and the third match, I mean, the third match, honestly, for me, was was the best one in my opinion. I mean, people will always say how, oh, how could you not go with the draw or or, get the fuck out of here? Everybody has a different opinion on what they like and why they like it. And I think that one with Kenny getting the win was the best. But I really hate Okada. (laughs) I really (laughs) do.
2: Feud of the Year: Angry Cooter, and Okada. I think that's how to going on the list. Can't
0: see me. <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Okada. I think you're trash.
2: I'll, t- I'll tell you what, you know, Kenny Omega definitely put himself on the map this year. I think you know when AJ and Finn kind of left New Japan and the Bullet Club and all that stuff, it was like you know the Bullet Club keeps losing members, lo- losing members, losing members. Who's the, who's the next, not leader of the Bullet Club, but you know who's the next uh, big starter out there? And I, I honestly didn't think Kenny Omega would have been... Uh, that rising star to shine out there this year. And now, you know, look at going into 2018, his match with uh, Chris Jericho, which which will happen in a few weeks from now. Uh, you know, the man definitely made a name for himself in 2017. And uh, definitely got to keep him up there as one of, you know, having one of the a good story of the year. Uh, who knows what we'll see where he lands in 2018, though. Uh, you know, a lot of other stories happen. You know, I thought Strowman definitely had a lot of good stuff this year. And, you know, I, 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 I could see him getting pushed to the moon in 2018. Uh, you know, uh, some honorable mentions. We had uh, John Cena and his beau Nikki Bella, and the Miz versus Maurice. Couple versus couple is kind of a little different this year. Um, you know, the Miz had an awesome year too, uh, with his Miz Taraj and whatnot. But uh, a lot of different stories happening out of that. Even though he's he's gone right now, shooting movies and all and all that stuff. But uh, a lot of a lot of different feuds, a lot of different stories to really focus on. But you know, that's just some of ours, if you will.
1: Next up, we have Surprise of the Year. I don't even know what's listed in this category, but I would say an ambulance being used and then also the ring breaking. Those are my two favorite surprises of the year. But that's just because I obviously want Braun Strowman to fist me or whatever.
2: Whatever. (laughs) Surprise of the Year. What was so surprising this year to you that it was just totally, uh, I don't know, that just made our list of uh, 2017 biggest surprise of the year. Uh, the the biggest thing I'll throw out there, I think, would have to be the Undertaker, quote-unquote, retiring. He's never said he retired. He didn't say that, you know, he's retiring. But the man left it all in the ring with a horrible match with Roman Reigns. Uh, and he walked away. Will we see him again? I don't know. But... That kind of got everybody talking. That was the, the maybe the end of the dead man, if you will. Was there any other? I don't know. Surprises on your list?
3: Meningitis. <laughs> Meningitis is a, was the surprise for me because it turned a card that was shit into a card that was actually you know worth watching. I mean, you got AJ versus Finn Balor on the card. I mean, and you got rid of Roman for for a month. You know, the, They were just about to do the, probably one of the most, which probably would have been on our list as probably one of the worst matches ever with Balor versus Sister Abigail. Abigail, the demon versus Sister Abigail. My God. And then Meningitis came in and said, nah, 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 nah. Nah, nah, nah. nah. nah, nah I'm nah. over here now. We're saving this event. We're, we're not going to put the, the, the true fans through this crap. Huh. <laughs> Took out freaking everybody that we needed to be taken out. Now, they're all healthy now. They got a speedy recovery, but the fact that meningitis came in—that was a surprise for me.
2: And I can't even recall like the last time something like that affected a card or a pay-per-view or just you know something that major with a lot of superstars all at once. So that was that was definitely a good surprise. The only one that I can think of was—I
0: think it was supposed to be The Undertaker. Versus the Great Kali in the Punjabi prison match. And somebody got sick somehow and it spread in the
3: locker room. Take <clears> and ended up, <throat> up being Big Show. Big Show, place. yeah.
0: <laughs> I think somebody else got sick and I'll never forget. I, I And for some reason I'm going to say Fit Finley and Regal ended up on that card. And it was like one of those... <laughs> beating the shit out of each other type matches. And maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it might have been that particular pay-per-view. And they just beat the shit out of each other. Old school wrestling match and the fans were just not having it. And I was just like, this is fucking amazing. But, you know, it was a different day. (laughs) What can I tell you? For me, surprise of the year had to be ah, the page leaks. Honestly. I was in awe. I, I was so surprised when all of this shit... And, and it was Mike who broke the news to me. All of a sudden, he's like, you're welcome. And he <laughs> texts me a link. And I just see pictures of loads flying uh, with, <laughs> with, with with the Women's NXT Championship underneath her chin. Oh, man. And I'm like, what the fuck?
3: And now yeah, you British got... A freak
0: Oh, God, you got Brad Maddox and fucking... <laughs> What's
2: his face? Fuck Zayn young angles. Ang- Maddox and his angles. Yeah,
0: my God. Tag team in this, this pretty little slut. And all I can think of is if Mike were there, he'd be like, I just want to put her face in the pillow and tell her to shut the fuck up.
1: <laughs>
0: but no, in, in terms of wrestling, it had to be the Hardys return because they had that same weekend.
2: Yeah, Ring of Honor. They had a ladder match the night before.
0: Against the Young Bucks. Like, uh, nobody saw that one coming.
2: Yeah. And it was all speculative, like, oh, yeah, they could, but it was still, like, nobody thought it was going to happen. That was uh, definitely a big shock. shock. Yeah, really. Uh, Definitely a big surprise. Too bad that he couldn't come in as the broken character, but uh, hey, you know, I guess got to wait a little bit on those things. Uh, You know, Hardy's mania was really good. Meningitis, good. Uh, Even, you know, last month, just Y2J and Kenny Omega to where... Yeah, everybody, you know Y2J, Chris Jericho's WWE. He's taking a break. He's still WWE. Then all of a sudden, boom, he's in New Japan doing promos. It's like, and you know, he doesn't have to tell WWE. He's a he could do what the hell he wants now at, at his age, especially all the shit that he's done. Uh, that was kind of a surprise, and it's it's a good surprise to where it's nice knowing that anything could still happen in a way to where if somebody just left WWE. And granted, you know, after this match, maybe it's just a one and done. Who knows? After this match, uh, you know, Wrestle Kingdom, maybe we could see Chris Jericho come back and have a match at uh, WrestleMania against somebody. You know, it, it, I guess he's at that point of his career, though, where he really can do anything. And seeing this was definitely a big surprise, I think, for a lot of uh, wrestling fans.
3: What surprised me about this the most was I, I heard an interview with uh, Jericho talking about it. He called Vince McMahon to tell him this was about to happen. And he said Vince McMahon was excited. Vince McMahon could not wait for this to happen. And I th- I think he's excited for the reason because Jericho going over to Japan, being a WWE guy as well. I mean, so Jericho, I'm talking to McMahon and McMahon being excited about it. And I, that that's a surprise to me. I figured mm. McMahon would shit all over it. But McMahon was surprised about it. I heard Triple H in an interview talking about it. And he was happy for it. He said he's going to try to tune in. I don't think he's going to get up at 2 in the morning to watch the event. He'll probably watch it later on in the morning. But he says he plans on watching. So the people at Titan Towers in Connecticut, they're all about it. Everybody in the WWE in the corporate offices are excited. And to me, that is a huge surprise because you got one of your top guys going over to Japan to another promotion. Now, granted, New Japan isn't really competition, um, but it, it's still just it's a surprise for me.
2: Well, for those little things, I'm always curious what entrance music he'll come out to. Like, you know, just one of his songs, or is it like his WWE song? I always think of like little silly things like that, of like what, he's, what they're going to use for him coming out, because like what they can or can't do, but hey. I think he's using Judas, because I think yeah. like
0: during all those promos and stuff, like that song has played prior to him talking so I think he's going to use that I mean it's a smash hit of the summer for his band anyway I mean on the rock charts it's been pretty high up there so I mean good for Jericho you know he's he's got his uh, you know hand in a lot of pots
2: there <laughs> hey he's at that point in his career uh that's what it makes wrestling exciting knowing that anything like that could happen sometimes so uh you know other little surprises i mean we had kurt angle like i said before coming as the gm it's kind of like expected at this point to where you know after a year or so then they move on to somebody else uh uh but hey whatever uh how about Andrade, Cien Almas winning the nxt championship i did not see that happening especially i think what uh uh, Drew only had it for like a, a a month or so, like a paper. I don't know. He only had it. He didn't have it that long. Like it was That was a quick turnover for him, I think, but that was a little I bit of a surprise. I think he only had one
0: title defense and I think it was against Roddy Strong if I'm not mistaken. Roddy yeah, cool.
2: Strong, yeah. That was a little uh I don't know, a little surprise, I guess, out of nowhere. Um even like little things like, you know, uh the Riot Squad debuting or I don't know, the, <laughs> the, the, some NXT girls moving on up uh You know, now that they announce a Women's Royal Rumble coming up, there's other little surprises, but that's just, those are just some little, you know, uh, sprinkles on top of the the Sunday, if you will. But uh, let us know once again, what are your surprises of the year?
1: Okay, next we have biggest fail of the year, which I don't have an opinion on because that's rude. You know what I mean?
2: As much as we love wrestling, sometimes not everything works out the way it should or the way we want to or the way they want to. Uh, Jump it right in there. I think one of the biggest things that stands out or not the big... Well, just one of the things that stand out would have to be Emelina. They fucking promoted her for months. Coming soon. Coming soon. Emelina. coming soon. And then I read somewhere that like when they finally had what they wanted for her. They tested it out and they hated it so much that they dumped it and then just had her come back as herself. And then literally as she comes back as herself, a few weeks later, they release her. Wow. That
0: was more than a few weeks, Credo. Come uh, on, now.
2: She actually had her first pay-per-view uh, match or something, I think. remember I remember saying saying like, it was her first Oscar, time. Asuka, yeah. Yeah, against uh, Oscar. Then right after that, they let her go. So, man, it was like months. I want to say almost six months of saying coming soon for Emelina. And then after all that, it just fucking, they were like, nope, we ain't doing it. So they, they got rid of it. But uh, I don't know. That's one of the biggest fails of the year. Guys, uh, what, what, what comes to mind when you think biggest fail? It's
0: funny because I see it on this list and now I remember it. Biggest fail. That LeVar ball <laughs> segment was atrocious. And his son dropping the N bomb live on the USA Network. Oh, my God. I wish I could have been in Gorilla (laughs) right next to Vince just to see that reaction. Like, what, Mike, what do you think the reaction was of Vince as, I I don't know which one said it, but somebody dropped the M-bomb live on his broadcast.
3: (laughs) Oh, what what did he say? (laughs) I can't even do it right now because I'm just laughing. (laughs) Oh, God
0: and it's no and that's the thing it would be so hypocritical of him to say it being that he said it to John Cena live on raw that one
3: time god oh man yeah that that was one of the classics and, and the best part about it that was dean's expression the look on his face <laughs> <laughs> when when it dropped if, if if everybody listening doesn't know what i'm talking about find the clip <laughs> and find when <laughs> when that N-bomb drops and just watch Dean's expression.
0: <laughs> All right. Can we, can we do a segue real quick? There's three times that I can think of that the N-bomb was dropped on wrestling television. It was the LeVar Ball incident. It was the John Cena-Vince McMahon backstage thing. And, and, of course, the Booker T Harlem Heat promo. Yep. Which of those to you is the funniest? <sighs>
3: I got it. For me, it's it's the booger
2: T one. Yeah, I think booger T is it's
3: so cause, it's so intense.
2: And he has that look of regret right after saying it too, which is even more <laughs> uh, funny. He covers cause...
3: his face. Me <laughs> and, and, and my past- buddy, me and my buddy
0: Mike, always talk about that because it's it's so classic. Because he covers up his face like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> and then like Sherry like brushes his arm, and he just recovers all quick. L- live and he's TV. Just standing there like with, 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 with a stern angry face, like yeah, what's up. It's just so fucking funny, cause suckers got to know.
3: <laughs> the best, the best thing about that. So the Lavar Ball um, segment happened, and the following night on SmackDown, Big E comes out there and cuts that booger T promo. Uh, I believe it was on the Usos, and and then Xavier and uh, Xavier and uh, Kofi jump in there before he could say the N word. Oh Jesus! Uh, it was it was so funny, and, mm. and I don't know if you noticed but now Big E is using the word sukka
2: in all his promos. Yes. <laughs> Man, uh you know guys, uh, a big fail too I want to bring this back. I would have to say is the Mae Young classic. Oh, you're for, such a hater. Hey, for the for the fact that there was a lot of good women res- wrestlers in this, a lot of good women wrestling during this, but it, it, it to me it was like it was all built around fucking uh one of the four horse women of MMA just to be in the finals and i'll tell you what if she actually won it i would be even more pissed off than i am now about it but i don't know it was like there was a lot of good matches and then a lot of good wrestlers and a lot of those good wrestlers just didn't even make it as far as they should have and it was just i I don't know what what they were going for with the, the the final the final round and well, you know yeah. what it is, Credo. It's yeah. all about who they got to sign on the
0: dotted line for a contract after the fact.
2: Yeah, because they, you know, was I it? would have
0: loved to have seen Tony Storm in those finals. Yeah. There was a lot of girls in there that I was like, damn, she
3: only went how far? I mean,
2: yeah.
3: what the all hell? Was, all Corey Zane, all Corey Zane has is that crazy elbow.
2: That's Macho man Elbow.
3: I'll, t- I'll <laughs> tell you something right now. Credo's hating on the women's <laughs> Japanese tournament. I mean, by tomorrow or by when this podcast drops, you're gonna have like the women's march protesting in your front lawn. <laughs> Giving women a chance, you're gonna be right up there with Trump.
0: I, I, right. I, I, half his lawn is gonna be filled with women, <laughs> and the other half are gonna be filled with the Japanese because of his hatred for the Japanese.
2: <laughs> hey, I love Japanese. I love Shinsuke. I just don't like how they're using him. But uh, well, whatever. Okay. Anyway, it's so, okay. The Mae Young Classic. We talked about it. We had it. I'll surprise. I'll tell you what. A lot of these women, I bet you, we'll see in the Rumble. Uh, but I don't know. It just. It, it was like a good opportunity to make a really cool ending, and it just. I don't know, it fell flat in my, in my, in my palate, in my, in my taste buds. Uh, I didn't care at all for any, either one of those women uh, in the final round, and uh, I would have been... I could, you don't even want to know where I would be right now if uh, fucking What's-Her-Name won it. Uh, I can't think of her name.
0: I was so pissed at Tessa Blanchard that Tessa Blanche got down yeah. in the first round. <laughs> that girl is so gorgeous, and she's so great in the ring. And that was arguably probably the best... One of the best matches of the fucking tournament, if not the
2: best. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, without, without me trying to get any more hate mail towards me, uh, what about Impact and Global Force Wrestling? Because that was a little fun two weeks or something that they <laughs> were. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, man, I, I give him I give him credit because the balls he had to just he, went, he 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 nudged his way back into Impact Wrestling. And then I don't know how he did it but just to have his them take over his brand that he created outside to where they used his Global Force Championships and then just to, you know all the names of the stuff that he was doing and it was like it was so confusing because you have like 20 names for the one show it's like T uh TNA's Impact Wrestling Global Force whatever it's like fuck how many names do we need and you know after all that said and done they kicked Jeff Jarrett out uh, they get rid of Global forest Wrestling, and now it's back to Impact Wrestling. It's just like what every year, man. Past three years, every year from them losing their deal with Spike, and then going to that American Channel, or whatever, and then losing that, and then going to another channel, and then, <laughs> man, how many times must they fail before they just fucking give up on Impact Wrestling? But is would you consider that another fail for the year?
0: Oh, I got so many funny things. Who could forget when they put that that shit on television? Where like Bobby Roode was on there, oh. and and they're like it was obviously taped from like it wasn't television. It was pay
3: per view. They were making money off of it.
0: Oh god! And there's and, and and the announcers are playing it off like it was live. Like yeah, the former NXT champion, and you're just like, oh my god, it was so <laughs> bad. And what was the other one where they had where they had uh, gallows and fucking Carl um, Anderson. Where they were doing the story of the Bullet Club or some shit like that? Yeah,
3: same. that was the same pay-per-view they were showing. That was the stuff. same one. It, it was just so bad. It's like, <laughs> it really let's not promote that, that, our
0: stars. Let's promote the stars from the other fucking... And, then when
3: they, and, now, and now did you bring that up, the other thing that they talked about was... I remember when Zeb Coulter went out there and cut a promo about all the stars that aren't even with the company. Like, you have a locker room full... Of guys that are talented. Yes. And you're trying to promote this brand to a new audience of people, and you're not even promoting them. You, you're you promoting Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle. They even talked about Sting. Hmm. I mean, it was just the worst – if you want to go worst promo of the year, that's up there with it because it did nothing to benefit TNA, Impact, Global Force, you know, preschool wrestling, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It did nothing to benefit them. It just made them like, oh, well, you're talking about these guys. These guys aren't here anymore. I'm going to change the channel then.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. How did I forget about this? Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son – Oh, my god this is that was probably one of my favorite moments because of Mike
0: Because <laughs> you listen to one of our episodes where we and Mike is doing the impression and pitching this to Kurt angle as Vince McMahon, but he's gonna be your son <laughs> and and like I listened to that episode like three or four times just because of Mike he's like but 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 he's black.
2: Like, yeah, I know, great,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I know, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. It all started with a meme of that, and it's like it made it to a story. And, man, I'll tell you what. he They even slap a tag team championship on him with Seth Rollins as fucking placeholder of the year, but it's like he still gets booed, man, everywhere he goes. Oh, it, it's like it, they almost kind of like forgot about the storyline. Then they make mention that he's his father again, and then it's like uh, just end it. Just stop. Do something different, please, or – it's not working that's what it's, oh it's, it's god not
0: working. the promo before survivor series where they uh, where they were going to announce triple h and he's trying to dad i can do it please this is my one and only shot And uh, i'm like oh my god uh, i never wanted to turn the tv off so fast in my life
2: oh uh, it was uh anyway fucking jeez anyway no more no more jason jordan talk.
1: Next up, we have match of the year. Obviously, the match of the year was Asuka and Nikki Cross in the last woman standing match. That's definitely the number one match of the year. But also, Dunn versus Master, I mean, Tyler Bate. Very, very good. Close contenders. I like both of those matches a lot.
2: When you say match of the year, I'm just trying to think of like what the hell happened this year and i know we're gonna miss a lot and not talk about enough of these but uh you know right off the top of the bat aj styles phenomenal you know uh he's had great matches with everybody he's even made ginger mahal look good uh but you know brock lesnar versus aj was awesome aj versus finn balor a match we didn't think we'd see until maybe a wrestlemania but we had to throw it on the meningitis card uh just to fill the, the spots but I, I off the top of my head, I mean, when you say match of the year, I got go to go to AJ Styles with either Finn Balor or Brock Lesnar. Just, you know, I'm sure there's a lot more between him and whomever. But when you say match of the year, to me, it's an AJ Styles match. Guys, uh, match of the year. What's a match of the year to you?
0: Oh, God, I'll throw one out there. And it's not even from the main roster. It is. Oh, fuck. The Revival. We had DIY. In the AOP in a triple threat match for the tag team titles. I think that was WrestleMania weekend, if I'm not mistaken, right?
3: Take o- take over Orlando.
0: Yes, it was. god damn that was incredible. I mean, and it, there was the part where God, a, a member from DIY and the Revival, they they were teaming up with each other to do their finishing moves to try to fucking stop AOP and then just so they could battle each other it's like the only way that they were going to be able to beat AOP was if they worked together and they hate each other and they somehow did it and it was so fucking cool
3: that was a great match I mean I, I got two matches that I really can't choose between um, as much as I loved that Okada and Omega it wasn't my favorite match of the year um, honestly I have two matches that I loved so much this year And one was AJ Styles versus John Cena at the Royal Rumble. I thought that was an incredible match. You know, everybody shits on Cena. I shit on Cena. Everybody does. But when it comes time to work, the guy works. Now, Granted, he works good with whoever he's in there dancing with. Um, So that match was up there. Um, NXT TakeOver Chicago. uh, UK title. Pete Dunne.
0: Tyler Bate.
3: That match was just – I mean, for people – I mean, Chicago recognized these guys. Chicago knew exactly who these people were. A lot of people who didn't know who these guys were, who didn't watch the U.K. tournament but did tune into Takeover take over Chicago got to see how great these guys were. And they worked that British strong style, and it's it's incredible the stuff that they did in that ring. And I, I thought they stole the show. And as much as that pay-per-view was great, that they were match of the night.
2: Once again, let us know what your match of the year was. But uh, just keep this ball rolling because we're almost into 2018.
1: Next up, we have call-up of the year, which was obviously Bobby Roode. You're welcome. I mean, Daddy Roode.
2: A lot of guys from NXT get called up to the main roster. Some sink, some swim. To you, who's the call-up of the year? Hands down, Samoa Joe.
3: He was the best call-up of 2017. Because to this day, he's still booked as a believable contender. You know, it wasn't just like this big call-up and all of a sudden he's lost in the shuffle. No, he's he's out there. And, and to this very day, like I... I can believe that he will be a universal champion sometime down the road without a shadow of a doubt Samoa Joe is the call up of the year
0: I gotta agree with Mike on that one I mean Samoa Joe hands down I mean you could make the uh, the argument for Elias because he's actually getting over and I never actually thought he would but Joe is just booked as that badass heel that believable act ass kicker because well, WWE is notorious for booking heels as whiny little crybabies who run away. You know what I mean? And he's that first, fuck you, I'm going to kick your ass, and there's nothing you can do about it, and I'm going to spit in your face, and I'm going to slap your wife on the ass until tell her to make me a steak medium rare. The fucking guy is just great, but I, I see good things coming for for Elias. I might just want to walk with Elias, my damn self. That motherfucker seems pretty cool to me.
3: He came up with something that was so good on Raw. He went out there and and said, what does WWE stand for? And everyone's just like, World Wrestling Entertainment. He's like, no, walk with Elias.
2: I was like, look at that. That dude is very creative with that shit. No, it was great. You know, one of the calls of the year, too, the revival... Uh, probably one of the greatest tag teams this year, but you know, unfortunately, they had a few of their setbacks with these guys getting injured this year. Uh, they're finally, you know, coming back uh, after a crazy year they've had. I hope you know 2018 leads to a lot more with them. It's almost like they got a great call up, but at the same time, it's like they had a lot of setbacks. But uh, you know, with the rivals, definitely one of them. I would say even uh, Shinsuke Nakamura coming up was great, but is he being used well? That's a whole other story. You're saying Elias? He's one of those guys that they didn't really love down in NXT. The fans didn't really care for, but he made it to the main roster. And then when he made it to the main roster, you know, the fans embraced what he's doing a lot more than they did down there. And that's a rarity. So, uh, I might disagree with you
0: on that. Just, just in a sense where they hated him, but I think they hated him for the right reasons. He got like heat, but he got the right heat, not because he sucks, Mm -hmm. but because he was doing his job properly. You know what I mean? There's a difference between them hating on somebody because he's just garbage and them hating on him because that's what you're supposed to do.
2: Sure. Well, it was one of those things I did not see that happening to where I didn't think he'd get almost like, not a push, but like a bigger spotlight on him than compared to a lot of these other guys that were called up. But, uh, hey, good for him. Uh, you know, a lot of different call-ups this year, though, a lot of different people coming up. Once again, what was your favorite call-up of the year?
1: Next, we have Worst Match of the Year. That's also kind of mean, so I don't have an opinion on that
2: one. A lot of stinkers out there. A lot of matches that we just wish did not happen. Uh, off the bat, I'm going to have to say uh, R- Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. If this was his damn retirement match, Roman fucking fucked this up. And I'm sorry, yeah, uh, it takes two to tango. Roman just, I think, was either too nervous... To something or whatever, but uh, I think there was a lot of mistakes that were made on Roman's behalf that just made this match really bad. And then, like I said, if this was his last match ever, that I feel that sucks. That sucks for the Undertaker. But uh, guys, uh, did you have a worst match of the year?
3: House of Horrors. That was by far the worst <laughs> match of the year. Fans didn't like it. The fans in the arena. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was like a B movie. It turned into oh, a B God. movie of uh... the best thing about that was I saw this meme out there where somebody like messaged like one of those news stations and said they had pictures of a heroin overdose, <laughs> yeah. and then they sent the pictures of Orton and Bray Wyatt laying down <laughs> in
2: the house. Oh man. Oh, yeah, that was pretty, it's just like, stop making it into a movie, just film it as, if it as if it was live, and like, it's when you start cutting around three different camera angles, it's like, come on, stop, it's, it does not look real, does not look live in the moment, and it kind of like, it takes you out of that, takes you out of the match to where it's like, alright, you guys are just making a movie now, stop it.
0: What, what are you looking at me for? What's the category?
2: Worst match of the year, Cooter.
0: Oh, that one's easy, Charlotte Flair's tits. No, for real though, those things are lopsided, bro
2: Definitely made uh, the show more I would have
3: categories that as uh, Biggest fail of the year (laughs) Because I'll tell you something right now I wish the fans could have seen Credo's expression (laughs) when I said that Oh my god, it was priceless (laughs) I'll I'll tell you something right now, man I always used to think Charlotte Might have had some really nice tits I always would look at them and be like She probably has some really nice tits And then when those pictures came out That was a fail (laughs) That was a disappointment. If you want to talk about disappointments of 2017, I'm talking about Charlotte's left titty. That, oh, thing yeah. that droopy is, motherfucker. Oh, my God. That looks like Jim right Ross's titty. eye. <laughs> I'm
2: just saying.
3: Bro. Her titties had cerebral palsy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and once S- again, S- all the hate S- ma- mail can be sent to Mike Angry Cooter at AWP. Oh, God. All right.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Let's do a segue here. No, wait. Um, wait. Worst match of the year. You know what? I got a serious one. I'm gonna go Bailey and Alexa Bliss in that Singapore Cane match. How Chambers. fucking terrible horrible. was that? Mm. Was that horrible? Oh my god, that that was like the first time in a long time I could say that the women's match was a piss break. That was fucking horrid.
2: Yeah, her her, it's it's tough, man, because Bailey was rocking it on NXT with her gimmick and. You know, maybe, uh, was she called up this year? I'm trying to, like, is that, has it been two years or one year? I don't know how long she's been on the damn main roster. Uh, it seems like it's been, I don't know.
3: It's been a, it's been a year. Yeah. I think it was, like, the SummerSlam weekend of Brooklyn 2. Because uh. her last match was against Asuka. Hmm. And then she debuted, I think, the following Raw, I want to say. Hmm. Well, right. yeah. Always- Nude pick leak of the year. Which was it? <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. We're, we're still on the worst match. Worst matches. We got two of them I just want to throw out there real quick is that uh, Goldberg versus Kevin Owens. Because Oh, that was
0: atrocious. Kevin
2: Owens was doing great as Universal Champion, and along comes Bill Goldberg. And it's like 50-year-old versus 30-something-year-old. And it's like, Ugh come on. Stop. You know, just... He does not need the title. He never needed it. Yes, they they made a good series on it or whatever for uh, their network video or I forget the hell whatever it was called. The 24. Yeah, and it's like, man, I hate it when you have like a dominant champion and then all of a sudden you have like the 50-year-old come in there and take the championship away and it's like, all right. (laughs) <laughs> what the, yes it's pro wrestling but at the same time it's like come on let's be more realistic on what's happening here so that was definitely a stinker this year of old there was a something match. good
0: that, that that did come out of that though what was that do you remember if you if you read his lips from what he was saying to Bill oh, Goldberg. Oh, he was
3: shooting on Goldberg.
0: Oh, he was shooting on him like you wouldn't believe. Somebody sent me one of those. Was G- what are those called? GIFs.
2: Mm-hmm. GIFs. Yeah. And it
0: had Gif- subtitles of what he was saying. It was so fucking <laughs>
3: funny. We're gonna find call him that. a piece of shit. Did he call him a piece of shit? Yeah, it was one of the things he was calling him. I believe he called him a piece of shit at one point. He was shooting
2: hard. God bless Kevin Steen. Love it. Oh. Well, even you know uh, okay the whole gender experiment this year granted we were all shocked a little bit about about you know about it happening and then at some point it was like all right well, we'll see what happens with this but then it's like you take a talent like Shinsuke Nakamura and he have to have him job to Gender Mahal and lose clean like no interference like he ugh, that that was just one of the stinkers this year cuz it was like Man, at that point, I thought they were going to give Jinder the championship. What a great way for him to win it. You know, get it off of Jinder Mahal. Nope. Keep it on Jinder. Uh, just one of those matches where I just shook my head and was like, fuck this.
0: <laughs> I'm like, stop it. That was at SummerSlam, Credo, one of your favorite
2: pay-per-views of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mentions. but.
1: I... <laughs> Next one is bust call-up of the year. I don't even think, is this a real podcast anymore? I think after my my interview, it just went downhill from there.
2: We're talking about some call-ups of the year. but oh, Come on. There were some call-ups that were just busted. A lot of busted call-ups, guys. Who the bust came-
0: of the year? The Are bust- we going to talk about these
2: nude leaks yet? <laughs> which was the best nude leak of the year? Who- what was your
0: favorite, Mike?
3: Oh, my favorite? Oh, yeah. th- what's her name? Uh, shit. I knew you really were going to go here. Victoria? Victoria. Oh my, oh my God! The nicest tits in the world. I mean, those those were probably the most graphic
0: because, I mean, well maybe not as graphic as Paige, but there was everything. She had doggy style pics of all her right, taking it. All right,
2: Fantastic. all right. So you got come on, give me a busted call up of the year. I mean, because there were some guys that were doing good in NXT, and they just didn't make it. I mean, uh, right off the bat, a perfect ten. Ty Dillinger was doing kind of good down there. I was kind of surprised that he got called up, but once again, they bring him up and it uh, gets lost in the shuffle. that, that kind of just, you know, did his little plan fizzle out where they're just not using him the way they should? No, I don't think
0: they have anything
2: for him. Why call him up then? You know, it's like, why? Just stop. Why waste the call up for what? No reason, right? No, I'm surprised it's, it's they didn't support. put the
0: strap on him before they brought him up because I think he was in line to because he was so over with the fans of NXT, I think the experience that he would have got from being champion down there might have done him a little bit more, give him a little bit more credibility on the main roster.
2: I remember talking about him, too. We were saying, because remember at one point, I was like, you know, there's no uh, NXT-made guys that are champion right now. It was all, like, guys that were coming in from the indies and just taking that championship, you know, Drew McIntyre, uh, so on and so forth, but... There was no like guy that started in NXT and then rose up to the top to become that champion. And I was like, perfect time for Ty Dillinger to become that you know that in, that grown in the system kind of champion. And you know he then he gets moved up and they never even used them.
3: You know they they told a good story when he was facing uh, Bobby Roode, and this was when Bobby Roode wasn't even champion. I remember when I went to NXT in Albany, New York last year. Yes, and when his music hit. The entire place was going nuts. When I went to Full Sail University last year and when Ty Dillinger came out, the place went nuts. And the best part about it is they do four episodes of NXT. They filmed four of them. Every time Ty Dillinger came out, it was like the first time he came out in one night. It was incredible. Like, mm-hmm. and now it's just – he still gets that, that same – reaction from the fans, but creative just isn't doing him any justice at all.
2: It's kind of like a hard adjustment, I think, sometimes to where it's like, oh, wow, this guy's the main event, he's the NXT champion, let's bring him up, and we don't know what to do with him. He was doing awesome in NXT, and then I feel like, once again, he just gets lost in the shuffle.
3: I, I was just gonna say, my thing with Bobby Roode is, like like you said, like I think he needs to be that heel again.
2: Mm-hmm. He needs
3: to be that guy that is better than you at everything he does. The guy who wears the flashy robe is the guy who should be hated by everybody because the reason why he wears that flashy robe is because he's better than you. Yeah, Ric Flair wore that flashy robe because he was better than everybody. As His character was better than everybody. Bobby Roode down at NXT wore that flashy robe because he was better than everybody. He needs to be that character again. I mean, his entrance is over. His entrance is always going to be over. But other than that, him as a babyface just isn't working for me. I want the heel Bobby Roode. I want that guy who just is going to go out there and just literally be ruthless you know, the guy with the flashy robe is the guy that needs to be hated.
0: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. It's just, I knew you were going to say that because it was that's what was so crazy. Is he was booked as this super heel in NXT only to, to come up to be a baby face on the main roster. And that's the one thing that, like, I'll disagree with you, uh, Crito, in terms of Bobby. I don't feel like a guy who was a superstar and at the top of the food chain in NXT really needs to be right at the top of the card on the main roster, which is kind of like what you're kind of maybe insinuating and I could be wrong, but it's like, I I don't want to see them thrown right into the title picture right away. I kind of like let them build in the mid card and, and, and feel their way up the same way they had to in NXT you're basically starting all over again anyway, and you have this abundance of fresh talent to work with. Let's not waste, you know, a, a, a title opportunity just because it's a fresh face. Mm-hmm. When you've had other people there who have who, been built up and established for the title picture. The bust of the year for me is Nakamura. I don't care how over he is with the fans. This is, might be the one time I have to actually agree with Kenny Omega, and I can't believe he actually came out and said this publicly. But he hasn't done shit on the main roster. Let's be honest. He had that great entrance after, was it WrestleMania? When he interrupted the Miz, when, when him and Maurice were dressed to Cena and Nikki Bella. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the guy's coming out, playing the violin. And he had to, and only to be put in the stinker of a program with Dolph Ziggler, which we were all thinking was going to be pretty good. Like Nakamura is a great worker and Dolph Ziggler is by far one of the best. and, they just put on some of the most piss poor matches that I've ever seen, and
3: what, he hasn't done shit since. What what sucks about it though is it's and then granted, like Nakamura, like I agree with you a hundred percent with that. And at the same time though, like you really you can't blame Nakamura. You have to blame Creative because the king of Strong Style was the, this person that got him signed by the WWE. That that Strong Style of his wrestling was what got him there and then you bring him to the main roster and all of a sudden he's the artist and he has to tone down his in-ring style and they're they're sending him out there and they're giving him these lengthy promos to cut and he's a guy who doesn't really speak the greatest English. You can't throw him out there. Like, granted, promo work is one of the best, one of the top things you need in the WB. But a guy like Nakamura, you don't need to give him promos. Just have him go out there and be the king of strong style. And the fact that they changed his name to The Artist. That really Ugh. is the worst fucking nickname <laughs> ever. The artist Ugh. is Nakamura gonna draw me a picture? <laughs> He's gonna paint me something. The artist—what is he an artist of? Is he yeah. gonna sing me a song? Ugh. It's and so I agree with you, Cooter, on that. And I'm—I a- love Nakamura. I-, I was the one that told you about when he got signed by NXT and you weren't familiar with him. I told you I was like, this guy is going to be your favorite wrestler. Oh, At I the- agree with the- you. And he At had the same time, um, then, like you're sitting there and he- you want to
0: blame creative. If you want to blame creative we could blame creative for all of these guys for oh, Bobby yeah. Roode, for Ty Dillinger oh yeah. these are all great talents you Finn know the sec- oh they dropped
3: the ball with him they' they're, they're, they're- <laughs> Fuck that up don't get me started
0: man. oh you know what because I, I wasn't sure if he had been called up this year or last year yeah. that was gonna be my bus call up of the year because let's be honest about fucking Finn Balor very very talented. Uh, you know, it, it took a while for him to win me over because I, I, I see him as somewhat with a limited move set, even though the stuff that he does do is incredible. But come on, man, you you bring him to the main roster, wins the universal title on w- within what? His first month of being on the main roster. Mm-hmm. And poor guy gets hurt. And now you have him. In lengthy fucking feuds with the likes of
3: Bray Wyatt,
0: <laughs> where we have to put every stupid fucking gimmick known to man.
3: I th- it's because of Vince. Vince doesn't like Finn. From what I've read, and he 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 th- he said that Vince isn't over. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said that v- Finn isn't over, which I'm just kind of confused. Like yeah. he's not over, and and the thing, Finn is a smart dude. Like he took this stuff with Vince saying that he wasn't over, and he ran with it. Yep. Like all the stuff he put out there on Twitter he put out about him not being over or him like there's a picture of Roman <laughs> saying he was going to have a, an open challenge and then Finn was like I'm going to have to step over you like just taking <laughs> yeah. that word over to the next level I mean Finn's new t-shirt says Finn forever but the word over and forever is capitalized in red <laughs> like it, the guy is, is smart and not only that but he's incredible and he is over It just for some reason he's Vince McMahon loves big sweaty men and, and, and you're not a big sweaty man like you're not going to get the proper push I want to say I mean AJ Styles is probably one of the guys that you just can't deny
1: and finally we have superstar of the year which was obviously Braun Strowman that's just there's no close contender it was Braun Strowman Because even if he was botching, he was still entertaining us, so whatever. Keep up the good work, another wrestling podcast. Hopefully I will be on it this year. You guys can, you know, stop forgetting me when you have things to do. That's very rude of you guys. And hope to hear from you guys soon.
2: We talked about Kenny Omega, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, uh, Chris Jericho, AJ Styles. You know, Finn Balor. Everybody, guys. Uh, if you had to pick one guy of the year who is the superstar of the year, who'd it be? Me personally, I'm gonna have to say Braun Strowman was that superstar of the year. Uh, they used him very good. He definitely got a lot of push, uh, a big push. You know, just doing the stuff that he's doing. Uh, and I think you know he's he's one of those big guys that can actually do a lot of things. And he still has a lot of room to grow. So I'm hoping we'll see him do a lot more. But I I would say 2017 belongs to Braun Strowman in the WWE. What about you guys? I
0: I, I was going to piggyback you, man. I have to. There have been so many holy shit moments from Braun fucking Strowman. And we didn't see it coming. We thought he was just going to be, you know, some big doofus who wasn't going to be able to do shit, and he's gotten so much better in the ring, so much better on the mic, and time after time, he just does these things that make you jump out of your seat, like Mike said earlier, with the throwing of the chair, or, oh God, how many times has he beaten the shit out of Roman Reigns? Oh my God. I remember him running down the ramp And just running through Enzo Amore is one of the funniest things that I've seen all year. So
3: Braun Strowman, my God, is my superstar of the year. Braun Strowman got that phrase over. I'm not finished with you yet. <laughs> that was huge. Like when he ran at Roman, and when he flipped over Roman in the the stretcher. That was a that was another like what the fuck moment. And Strowman was great. I'm I'm gonna throw somebody out there though. Um, there's a lot of great guys. You know, AJ was always phenomenal. No pun intended. Like you guys said, Braun Strowman. Um, but there's one guy that really stood out to me. And Pete Dunn is the guy. The guy goes out there and puts out some incredible stuff. He came from the UK. Not many people knew who he was. And he really impressed me in the UK tournament. He reminded me of a young William Regal, just this ruthless guy. This They did a storyline in between that tournament with him and then – him winning the uh, NXT – well, I, I call it the NXT UK title because it's the only – it's defended on NXT programming. Um, but the UK title – and he's making that UK title feel special for me, that is, just how he is. He, the guy's incredible. I, I think 2018 for Pete Dunne is going to be a big year. Um, the Bruiserweight is going to make it to the top, I fully, I fully believe. Yeah, that was a
0: category I thought we would have had. Like, who do we see as uh, the next up-and-comer? And he would have been up there on my list. i want to throw another honorable mention out there. Because Cody Rhodes, or just Cody, the American nightmare, has totally reinvented himself. And has just blown my mind on the internet, on YouTube, all the catchphrases that we've gotten from him. Fuck the revival. That's another catchphrase of the year we forgot about. Mm, yep. <laughs> Fuck the revival. How could we forget that one?
2: Well, what a year, guys. 2017 has been pretty crazy. How about one quick look into the future of 2018? One thing you want to see, whether it's a debut, a title win, a match, I don't know. Give me, is there one thing that's like, I want this to happen in 2018? Hmm. It's hard to put you on the spot, but I mean, is there, just look at it. I'll tell you one thing really quick. I do not want to see any more lengthy title reigns by somebody who's a part-timer. I love Brock Lesnar, but come on, man. It, I, that Raw needs a main championship on its show every week, not once every six months or something like that. To where you know that what? That's what I, I want hope, to see.
0: I hope they take that belt off of Brock Lesnar and put it on a Japanese motherfucker just <laughs> to spite you.
2: I love the Japanese. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> Oh, mine, God.
3: Mine is too much to ask for. It's going to be too much for WWE to handle. It, it will never happen, but I'm going to throw it out there with hopes. And I, I'm going to hope that we get a Royal Rumble winner that we can believe in, ah. that we can get behind, that we, get, we look forward to following the journey from the Rumble to there Mania. I, uh, that's what I'm hoping for for 2018. Is it going to happen? No. <laughs> no. Come on. That's too much. We're going to happen.
0: get Roman Reigns. Or yeah, the,
3: no. r- the rumors going out there is John Cena is going to win the rumors. Come on. No. You know
0: no. what? You know know what? Wait, out. hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Here. Because I saw that point that you made on Facebook about you'd rather see it go to somebody who you think could be built up. What if. John Cena wins the Royal Rumble, but Brock Lesnar loses the belt at the Rumble. To say a Braun Strowman. And Braun Strowman has to defend it against John Cena, and he beats John Cena. Wouldn't that be the same
3: thing? You know what? It would, but I'd rather see a champion crowned.
2: Yeah, I want to see it retained. Yeah. It's like something special like that. I would like to see, you know, like the Rumble winner go in and winning it kind of a thing. And uh, I, I can't Ugh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get started on 2018. Jeez, man, I'm not I'm looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to that, though. But basically, uh, here's something interesting yeah. that I would like to see.
0: Because we, I remember during that press conference with, with Jericho and Omega, where Jericho basically promised that he would, it, this would be his last match in Japan. What's right around the corner right after that match? Hmm. In the Royal Rumble. What if Jericho was a special entrant? Just a surprise, only to be followed by a Kenny Omega. I would love to see that.
2: That'd be cool.
0: Get Uh, a little cross-promotion going. I would love to see them sort of here and there do a little cross-promotion with certain certain companies, with like a Ring of Honor. Borrow some of their guys like the old days. Let's do a fucking talent exchange. Let's... uh, (laughs) CFA, maybe these guys want to work over here for a little bit. So on and so forth. I'd I'd like to see something like that.
3: You know, I I just got curious and I wanted to see Fozzie's tour schedule. Um, And he's booked WrestleMania. Hmm. He's going to be in New Hampshire Hmm. on WrestleMania night. So as much as a lot of people would love to see... Kenny versus Chris at uh, Mania. This the second match.
2: It's not gonna happen. Oh well. Well, guys, you know, yeah. Wow. Twenty seventeen, man. I loved hearing about it. Uh, the ups, the downs, the lefts, the rights. That's it for uh, for us for this year. Till next year.
0: So I did the entire show this week. Plastered. Have no fucking idea how I did it.
1: Yeah, I could tell. But surprisingly, you were pretty good. Except you took all the good fucking jokes.
0: Don't get mad at me because I beat you to the Charlotte material this week, Mom.
1: Why'd you get drunk anyway? Were you nervous that Felicia was going to be on the show?
0: Uh, don't be an asshole.
1: Fuck you guys. Maybe Felicia and I should start our own fucking podcast.
0: Ugh. Wouldn't that be an odd pairing? <laughs>
1: Enough with the fucking Charlotte
2: jokes. (laughs) Happy
1: Happy New New Year, year, bitches. bitches.